Welcome to the garage and welcome to the Court of Public Opinion, ladies and gentlemen. We have beautiful weather. I don't know what it's like where you are, but here in South Australia we have a lovely patch of beautiful weather. About, I don't know, 29, 30 degrees, something like that. Just lovely. Anyway, Pete and I are here and I'm glad you are there. And thank you for watching. Oh, look, I must tell you, friend of mine I used to work with when I was with AA, Andy Martin, his name, and a long time ago he said to me, why don't you put your court of public opinion uh, on a podcast? And then people go, because this is all kind of double dutch to me, I don't understand how you go to a, a shop that sells podcasts. Uh, and you select all the different pods, pods you want to watch. Anyway, I decided to give him a call and explore it anyway. Within about, I don't know, six hours, he had taken a whole backlog of programs, Court of Public Opinion, programs from the garage, put them up on umpteen different uh, sites. Pete, well there was Spotify. Well it's YouTube. YouTube. Spotify. YouTube, um, Spotify. Omni FM, I don't know what Omni that is. Omni FM, I don't know what that is. Oh. But a whole bunch of things where we will get not only nationally but globally exposure to our little program. Which I think is wonderful. God knows where that will lead. I, I believe that, you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with one tiny step, usually when we're about 18 months old, sometimes younger, sometimes older. Happy birthday, if you're having a birthday, happy wedding anniversary, I hope it's going to be a nice day for you. Uh, the Beatles' first gig at Liverpool's Cavern Club, they would play there nearly 300 times over the next two years. 1961 was the year, they grew out of it after two years, and well, the world. I wonder where, what would have happened if they'd had podcasting back in those days, and all that stuff. God knows. Charles Edward Kingsford Smith, the pioneer aviator, was born on this day in 1897. 1897. Sir Charles Kingsford Smith. Bill Haley, the American rock vocalist, uh, known as the father of rock and roll, as in Rock Around the Clock, from the movie. Well, it was, a, it was released, and I don't think it was until uh, uh, Blackboard Jungle, the movie, came out, and it was a, one of the songs in that, that it actually took off. And boy, did it take off. A whole genre took off. Anyway, he died of a heart attack, probably caused by alcoholism. 19... Well, he was 55 when he died. And this was in 1981. So he lasted a while. Talking about musical greats, Carol King. 1942, she was born. 1942, American Grammy Award-winning songwriter, Up on the Roof, One Fine Day, Pleasant Valley Sunday, piano player, singer. Tapestry was probably 
Oh, like that album, uh, Hot August Night. Everywhere you went, or the, or the uh, Buddy Holly story, everywhere you went, there, was, there were certain albums, and certainly Tapestry would have been one of them. You've got a friend so far away, you make me feel like a natural woman. Wrote a lot of songs. Uh, she, Carol King, was the, uh, um, I don't know whether she was the catalyst or, I'm sure the first love of Neil Sedaka. And they sat down and they wrote a whole lot of songs together. He wrote, um, with I think Howie Greenfield, he wrote uh, O Carol. And the O Carol was Carol King. They kind of lived fairly close to each other. Born in Manhattan, New York on this day in 1942, the Japanese torpedo boats make an overnight attack on Russian warships in Port Arthur, Manchuria. Aggressive little lot, the Japanese. That was back in 1904. That was the beginning of the war between Russia and Japan. Gina Reinhardt, Australian mining magnate, Australia's richest person, they say. She was born in Perth, Western Australia in 1954. The first flight of a Boeing 747 jumbo jet. And believe it or not, that was 1969 and the jumbo jet, the 747, had been on the drawing board since the very early 60s, probably the late 50s. Can you imagine? And it's only, they only just stopped making them. One of the most successful, if not the most successful, aircraft ever made. Ever made. The Australian National University scientists discover the oldest known star, 13.6 billion years old. How they would discover it, well, how would Having discovered it, how would they know <laughs> that it was as old as that? Anyway, that was uh, back in 2014. Uh, the, speaking of aeroplanes, the Soviet airline Aeroflot was formed in 1923. Um, I was mentioning, I'm not sure, I can't remember what the context was. I think it was Ronald Coleman. Oh yeah, I think it was uh, talking about uh, Tale of Two Cities, wasn't it? It was yesterday. Uh, anyway, it's his birthday today. The English actor. Ronald Coleman. Apollo 14 returns to Earth. When was Ronald Coleman born? 1891. Apollo 14 returns to Earth, 1971, and uh, Glenn McGrath, Australian Cricket fast bowler was born in Dubbo, 1970 on this day. And if you're having a birthday or celebrating the day, I hope it's been a good day and it's going to get better. I mentioned to you also, speaking of yesterday, the silly, silly story about bingo. How could bingo be bad? I don't understand bingo. I've never played bingo. Have you, Pete? Oh yeah, occasionally. Bingo. On, on What's the attraction? I was just on a cruise ship, that's all. Oh, okay, cruise ship. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to be critical of it. I know a lot of people like bingo. I mean, thank God here in Australia we still have the right to like what we like and do what we want to do. 
But they're saying that bingo is a gateway drug. You know how marijuana is said to be a gateway drug to harder stuff? Well, there are some people who look at things and see a problem that maybe doesn't even exist, but make a big thing of it. Then, of course, they ignore the bigger things, which indeed are demonstrably a problem. Does bingo lead you on to poker machines? I don't know, I'm not an expert. That's what they're saying. I think it's rather a long bingo bow, if you ask me. Much more of a problem are those endless ads on television encouraging people to gamble online. You know, gamble responsibly. You know, they're not going to say gamble irresponsibly. Gamble responsibly. Too many of those ads on television, they should be banned. For God's sake, why don't you just leave something as simple and as playful as bingo alone? Uh, we've got a list here of um, the uh, most popular trusted brands in Australia. This is just out. There are ten of them. And I don't know how many, I don't know at all how many of them are in fact even Australian. Australia's most trusted brands. Number 10 was Toyota. Number 9, Australia Post. Number 8, Big W. Number 7, Apple. Number six, Maya, Maya Department Stores. Number five, Kmart, Aldi. Number four, now they haven't been in Australia very long. And they're certainly not Australian, they're German. Three, Bunnings come in at number three in the Australia's most trusted brand list. Coles, Coles used to be Australian. It was mostly owned by West Farmers, I remember. I don't know who owns it now. It still is, I think, Jim. I don't know. I heard they'd sold down the majority shareholding uh, because they're involved in a lot of other things, including, I think, uh, Bunnings. And uh, anyway, number one. What do you think number one is, Pete? No idea. Woolworths. Really? Woolworths. Is, is Woolworths Australia? I mean, the Woolworths that owns David Jones, for example, they're not Australian, they're, they're uh, South Africa. It's all part of this global conspiracy thing, I think. Yesterday I was talking to you about Channel 10, <laughs> wondering how in hell the executives couldn't see what was bleeding obvious, that programs like Taskmaster weren't worth promoting, let alone showing. And then, of course, there was the real love boat, and The Bachelors, all failures, expensive failures. And I was saying yesterday that I can't see why, if I recognize it as crap, why can't they? And they are highly paid executives of the channel, the, the network. Well, I'm kind of happy, not really happy, but I'm, I report to you that uh, Paramount, who owns the Channel 10, network have 
yesterday afternoon swung the axe. They are starting with the executives and that's the right place because they make the decisions. But in actual fact, I would imagine that Paramount must have appointed them. Hmm. Ah, and finally, they've announced that those of us who have had the four jabs to protect us against COVID-19 can, from the 20th of February, have the fifth jab. I don't know about you, but I'm certainly going to get mine. Peter, have you had four? I'm going to have the fifth as soon as I can. Yeah, well, I think so. After the 20th, oh, well, I certainly am going to do it. In case you haven't noticed, the uh, crazy politically correct ABC have, after hundreds if not thousands of years, decided that Turkey is no longer Turkey. You know, they had this terrible problem with the earthquake, too. Earthquakes. Absolutely tragic. But anyway, the ABC is calling it Turkey. Turkey? Since when? I've never heard that. That, of course, is the ABC. They're a bit funny about place names. When they broadcast from Adelaide, for example, they don't say from Adelaide. They say from Ghana country. Ghana country. Now, they do it on radio as well, everywhere. I don't know how they came to the conclusion that it is, for example, Ghana country, or whatever the equivalent is in Sydney or Melbourne or Orange or Bathurst or Murray Bridge or wherever because all of these places were inhabited originally by not one tribe, they were inhabited by dozens of different tribes. There would be no way of going back and discovering which was the dominant tribe in the particular location at the time. No way. No written history. It's a whole lot of taxpayer-funded, politically correct, taxpayer-subsidised rubbish. And we really should put an end to it. What the hell is Ida Butros doing? A woman for whom I have great admiration. What are you doing, Ida? I won't let this go because this little program, the Court of Public Opinion, is about the only one where you can hear the sort of things. The sort of things that I just called out. People don't call these things out anymore. It's becoming clear to me that the ABC is a, a megaphone for some pretty strange thinking. The Labour Party and the Greens and the ABC have a very disturbing view of where Australia is going. I see the bans on alcohol are going to be reintroduced in Alice Springs and throughout Central Australia, and that is good. That's good. Never should have been removed in the first place. Seven months of irreparable damage which could have been prevented. Damage, cost, hurt, suffering, injury. And they've earmarked $250 million to stop violence in Alice Springs. Okay, this is after these people caused the problem. What happens? They send us the bill. 
Mm. They put it up, if you haven't noticed. The cash rate, which is now 3.35%. Nine increases out of nine. Look, it's interesting, the Reserve Bank sets the cash rate, as you would know, but it has no power to insist that the banks actually pass that on to their customers. It is only done by the banks if they want to. Perspective. Perspective, ladies and gentlemen. Under various Labour governments, interest rates got to 22%. To come down only after the Whitlams and the Keatings were kicked out of office. If you can't handle 3.35%, you have clearly borrowed too much money. On average, historically, interest rates in Australia, under the Libs usually, is around 5 to 7 percent. You always borrow money with that sort of interest rate in mind as the norm. If you borrowed money thinking that a tenth of 1 percent was going to hang around for very long, you were very silly. You probably shouldn't have got the loan in the first place, or probably shouldn't have been given the loan in the first place. And it doesn't matter whether the Governor of the Reserve Bank says he doesn't think that the interest rates will be going up much before 2024. You don't accept that. He can't guarantee that. And in other words, they couldn't reduce the interest rates any further so all they had to do was to try and encourage spending, which is what they were doing back then, spending and confidence, by telling us that it's okay. Come on, have, have confidence, believe in the economy. That was what they were trying to achieve. But you never borrow more than you, than you can afford to pay back. I mean, it's pretty basic, isn't it, really? Uh, it's 40 years since Ash Wednesday. Terrible, terrible day. I remember it well. I remember it. I came out of the studio and just because you do a morning program as I was doing for 5DN in those days, <laughs> you don't really get out of there till about 4 or 5 in the afternoon. And the whole city looked so eerie. It was kind of a red colour. Partly dust, partly smoke, partly, I don't know, the sun had been obscured and what sun was getting through had turned the whole city into this eerie place. You knew something bad was going to happen. It was so quiet too, so quiet. And when I got here to the house, the fire was almost at the back fence. Doesn't seem like 40 years ago, but the scorch marks are still on the back fence and I don't even know why I still have a back fence because I was there, standing there, and without warning, this fire that had been raging in the hills, coming down the hill's face, right to my back fence. It turned around and went straight back up the hill. We're still here. Amazing. Dean's comment, 
If the Aboriginals, oh, this goes back to what I was saying about ownership of Australia. Dean's comment, if the Aboriginals own more than 50% of Australia, and they do, look it up. Dean says the Chinese own 15% of rural land, no figure available on residential land, but importantly they own 2% of the nation's water. See, I didn't know that either. Then, of course, there's the UK, America, Canada, and Europe. And Dean says, do Australians own anything? <laughs> yeah. Is there anything left? Look, it's not their fault for wanting to buy. It's our fault for selling. Or, if you look at it differently, you and I cannot go to China and buy land. We can't buy anything, to be quite honest with you. The Chinese don't allow it. The simple question is, why do we? Fair's fair. The government should really be forced to publish these figures. We should know who owns what and where and how much. We really should know how much of the farm we in fact have, still have. How much of the farm has either been sold or given away? As for the Aboriginals, the more than 50% that they own, uh, they didn't buy it, obviously. That came by way of Mabo, land claims and land rights and the like. Uh, it all comes not so much because of Aboriginal people, but the activists, the activists who have weaponized the Aboriginal cause to be used simply as a blunt instrument against the white community, which I personally resent. I think we all should resent it. Aboriginal people should resent it. Yet they call us white people racists. Thank you for viewing the Court of Public Opinion, ladies and gentlemen. Believe in yourself. I'm Jeremy Cordo with Peter Clayton. We will be back tomorrow. See you then.